Ladies and gentlemen, please join in welcoming Michael Corbzone to the podium, Vice President of the Empire Club of Canada. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. From the Sheridan Hotel in downtown Toronto, welcome to the Empire Club of Canada. For those of you just joining through either a webcast or podcast, welcome to the meeting. Today we present Peter Luongo, Managing Director of Rothman's Benson Hedges. And today's topic, Unsmoke Canada, Heating, Vaping, and the End of Cigarettes. These are certainly challenging times for traditional retail businesses. Even large companies and brands need to be acutely aware of changing dynamics. Changing demographics, globalization, e-commerce, changing cons consumer attitudes, online retail, and the use of social media. And I'm sure many people in this room work for organizations that are, are, are grappling with some of those challenges right now. And I'd venture to say that a company like Rothman's Benson Hedges has a few more challenges layered on top of those. Knowing when and how to pivot makes all the difference in the world. It's the difference between Amazon or Barnes & Noble, Netflix or Blockbuster, Nikon or Kodak. There are many examples of organizations which have simply refused to adapt. There's a famous nautical quote by Ella Wheeler Wilcox, and it goes like this. One ship drives east and another drives west. Yet the same winds blow. It's the set of the sail and not the gale that determines which way they go. And today this quote has far more resonance in the business world than, than it does in the maritime world. And our guest today is acutely aware of this reality. Peter Luongo served as the Vice President of Treasury and Planning for Philip Morris International. In 2016, he was named Managing Director for the Canadian market. Before joining Philip Morris, he was a partner at the investment banking firm Centerview Partners, LLC. He has an extensive experience in advising international clients across a range of sectors, and some of his clients were Heinz, Kraft, PepsiCo, Campbell's, and Anheuser-Busch. Before I call Mr. Luongo to the stage, there are some cue cards in front of you. Uh, if you have a question that you'd like to ask at the end, he was gracious enough to agree to, uh, to take questions. Uh, just fill those out and at some point, wave them in the air and they'll be collected and, uh, and then brought up to me to the front. He holds a bachelor's degree in economics from Princeton University. Please welcome Mr. Peter Luongo. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for having me here today. Uh, as Michael said, I'm Peter Luongo, and I'm the Managing Director for Rothmans, Benson & Hedges, the Canadian affiliate of Philip Morris International. So why am I here with you today? Well, as an executive with the world's largest tobacco company, it may surprise you that I'm here today to talk to you about our desire to stop selling cigarettes in Canada a future without cigarettes, a smoke-free Canada. Imagine that, a Canada where cigarettes are no longer sold. 
by 2035, hopefully even sooner. Because our society is in transition in our workplace diversity, in the energy that we use to heat our homes and to power our cars, in the food we eat, and in how we communicate, and yes, also in how we consume tobacco. So I'm here today to talk to you about how, together, we can unsmoke Canada. Now, before I unpack that word, unsmoke, I want to be very clear on one point. At Rothman's Benson and Hedges, we want to help unsmoke the world. And that includes guarding youth against taking up smoking, vaping, heating, or any other form of nicotine-containing product. I want to be emphatic on that point. We want to do everything possible to stop youth from taking up any of these types of products. That said, what does unsmoke mean for adults? Because it's an odd word, isn't it? But I hope it gets you to pause, to turn your head, and ask, so tell me what it means. Because the idea to unsmoke Canada does need a bit of reflection. And that's the point, to prompt a pause, prompt the question, to spark a conversation. For us, the meaning of unsmoke is clear. It means to rid your life of smoke. Quite simply, if you don't smoke, don't start. If you smoke, quit. And if you don't quit, change. And it's hard to argue with those three simple sentences. Because if you smoke and you don't quit, then change is a better choice. Now, this is not a message that people expect to hear from a big tobacco company. In fact, it's not a message that people may be willing to hear from a big tobacco company. But I think that's okay. And we should acknowledge that, because we can't have a meaningful conversation unless we acknowledge where we've come from and where we are today. But if we can be candid together, if we can be open-minded together, then we can have a powerful conversation about creating extraordinary change in the lives of Canadian smokers and in the lives of people who love them. And that's how we can start to unsmoke Canada, because we can't do it alone. So quick show of hands. Uh, how many people in the room today consider themselves smokers? I'm not surprised to see that. You know, smokers today often even hide the fact that they smoke even from people they know well, even from their loved ones. And what we don't see, uh, we don't think exists. You know, out of sight really is out of mind. So it may surprise you that many Canadians today still do smoke. In fact, nearly 5 million Canadians of all walks of life are regular smokers of cigarettes today. And in total, around the world, there are more than 1.1 billion smokers out there. That's around 
of the world's population. And that's despite fairly aggressive measures by governments around the world to reduce smoking rates over the years. And the World Health Organization believes that that number is not going to change very much over the next decade. So a billion smokers today, a billion smokers 10 years from now. So how do we help those smokers? Because chances are, if you're like me, someone you know smokes. Could be a family member, it could be a friend, could be a coworker, but someone in your life is probably a smoker. And let's be honest, it probably bothers you. And in fact, if you really admit it, you would really say that you hate it, right? You hate the fact that that person smokes because you want them to stop. But deep down, you know that they may not quit. And so you're torn because on the one hand, you want them to stop smoking. On the other hand, you know they haven't quit yet. And there's a good chance that there's not going to, they're not going to quit. So you'd like for there to be a better way for them. And at RBH, we share that feeling. Because we all employ different strategies to deal with people who smoke. Some take the slow and steady reminders to quit approach. Some believe in more of a tough love approach to the situation. Others believe that you need to let the person figure it out for themselves. And let's be honest, we've all felt that internal conflict when it comes to these people who we love. That conflict of whether to leave them alone and let them be, or whether to jump in and to make them stop. And if you think about anyone you know who smokes, you'd probably agree that you care about that person and you wish there was something you could do to get them to change if they're not going to quit. And you are right to be pragmatic about this. You are right to want an alternative for someone who doesn't quit. And you're not alone. Because at RBH, we care too, and we're doing something about it. But first, we need to define the problem. And any scientist will tell you that tobacco is not the main problem with a cigarette. And it's not the nicotine either. It's the smoke. So contrary to popular opinion, tobacco is not the primary cause of smoking-related diseases nor is it the nicotine. Now let me be clear, neither tobacco nor nicotine are risk-free. But the main health risks from cigarettes come from the burning, the combustion process, the inhalation of smoke, which contains thousands of chemicals. And public health authorities have identified many, many chemicals in the smoke of cigarettes that are related to causing diseases such as lung cancer, cardiovascular disease, and emphysema. So the big problem is the smoke, and smoke comes from burning. And in fact, anytime you're around smoke, it's not good for you. Whether it comes from cars, from factories, from forest fires, smoke is not good. Whether it's firsthand or secondhand, smoke is bad. And with a cigarette, it's the burning process that produces the largest amount of harmful chemicals. 
And so while nicotine, as I said, is addictive, it's not nearly as dangerous as the smoke from cigarettes. And that's why you see, actually, nicotine replacement therapies in drugstores. Nicotine patches, nicotine gum, nicotine sprays, you name it, because nicotine is not the main problem. So if we go back to the nearly 5 million people in Canada who smoke, and the more than 1 billion people worldwide who smoke, we know that these nicotine products don't always result in people quitting. And why is that? Well, it's pretty simple. You know, when you're talking about a patch or a piece of gum, it's not going to create the same sensory experience that someone gets when they light a cigarette. And so this made our colleagues at PMI actually ask the question, what if there was a way to take the smoke out of a cigarette, to have a product that didn't burn, that was smoke-free, that could truly help people to break away from cigarettes if they're not going to quit? What if there was a way to unsmoke the world and to help those who smoke make better choices? Because people have been consuming tobacco in the same way for centuries, by burning it and inhaling the smoke. But it's time for change. Technology is revolutionizing the way we live our lives. And now new technology could mean the end of cigarettes. So I'm not going to bore you with the, the technical details, but fundamentally, new technology is giving today's smokers better options for the future. The reality is simply this. It was industrial innovation that took tobacco into mass-produced cigarettes for smoking. And it will be innovation that is now taking the smoke out of tobacco. So our parent company actually invested more than $9 billion, and that's billions with a B, to find smokers a better alternative to cigarettes. We hired hundreds of the world's best scientists, engineers, and innovators, and we set up a state-of-the-art lab for them to work in. And with breakthroughs in science and technology, PMI created a range of new smoke-free devices that deliver nicotine without creating the same harmful smoke as cigarettes. And PMI took this holistic approach because there is no one device that will work for everyone. And the first of these products to be marketed by us in Canada is called ICOS. Now it looks like a pen. It comes in a small rechargeable battery case that fits in your pocket. Sold separately are tobacco sticks, and we call them heat sticks actually, that the user inserts into the ICOS device. You then press the on button and the battery heats up the tobacco to a temperature that is less than half of that of a combusted cigarette. So what does that mean? Well, what it means is that you release the flavor, you release the nicotine in a vapor, but without the smoke, without creating all of those harmful chemicals that I mentioned earlier. So not hot enough to burn and not hot enough to create microscopic solid particles or ash that comes with the burning process. And that's the key word, create. Because if the chemicals and the ash are not created, then they can't go into your lungs in the first place. 
nor can those chemicals bother people around you. So no more secondhand smoke. And it's a scientific breakthrough that quite frankly is being recognized around the world. Just this month, in fact, the US Food and Drug Administration reached a milestone decision after reviewing extensive scientific research. For the first time in its history, actually, the FDA authorized an electronically heated tobacco product for sale in the United States, and it was ICOS. So after two years of fulsome review, the FDA actually determined that authorizing ICOS for sale in the US market was, and I quote, appropriate for the protection of public health. So let me repeat those words from the FDA because I think they're important. They're allowing the sale of the product because doing so is appropriate for the protection of public health. And why did they make that determination? Well, among many considerations, looking at data from lots of different studies and lots of different angles, you know, one of the things that they recognized, and this is again a direct quote from the news release, was that ICOS produces fewer or lower levels of some toxins than combustible cigarettes. And that's the heart of the point, is we are dramatically reducing the amount of chemicals that are produced because there is no smoke. And the truth is that better is not perfect. So let me be clear, no tobacco product is risk-free. But at the same time, not all tobacco products are the same. And I think that it's time for us to recognize that fact as a society, and it's time for a change. But let me actually take a step back because you know, I actually lived this change myself. I think, you know, as you heard in the introduction, uh, six years ago, I was actually sitting as an investment banker and Philip Morris was a client. Um, and at the time, I smoked. Uh, but working with Philip Morris, I started to see the first uh, prototypes of these products so well before commercial sale. And I said, huh, you know, this is kind of interesting. This is something that I think would benefit me, but also society as a whole. So when I actually got the opportunity, um, I moved my family over to, to Switzerland to start working with Philip Morris full time and starting to work on the initial launches for, for these products. And it was after we started to launch these products in some early test markets that we started to, to get the insights, to get real data, real reactions from consumers, real scientific evidence, uh, and additional scientific evidence that we hadn't had when we first started. And that was my real aha moment on these products. It's a time when you can actually see the future. And I don't mean see like a crystal ball, but when you realize that there's a new technology, a new concept that is going to fundamentally change how our world works. I think we heard some examples from Michael earlier. Uh, there are plenty of times where in hindsight, you realize that 
technology is going to disrupt uh, the way that we live our lives. And you don't have to, if I take the example of cell phones, you don't have to have understood 20 years ago exactly what a smartphone was going to look like in 2019 to appreciate that mass availability of mobile devices was going to have profound impacts for society. So we don't know exactly the path, but we know change is coming. And I think we have the same opportunity here. Because for me, the handwriting was on the wall. The future will be smoke-free. The only questions for me are, how do we get there? And who's going to lead the transformation? Because when you're faced with these kinds of transformative opportunities, challenges even, you know, there are really two options when you're in business. Uh, the first is to put your head in the sand, to try and stick with your old business model for as long as possible and hope for the best. Or you can try to lead the change, to embrace the opportunity, to build a better business, and hopefully have a positive impact on society as you do it. And so that's why I was actually extremely excited to move to Canada two years ago, to get out from behind my desk job in Switzerland uh, and to be on the ground as we were launching ICOS for the first time here. So I guess that's enough about me. You're probably sitting there asking, well, I don't work for the company and I don't smoke, so what does that mean for me? But the truth is, we've all been impacted by smoking in one way or another. And I think to conclude here, it's important that we all recognize that change is happening. You know, in only a few years, we have more than 7 million smokers in almost 50 countries around the world who have quit cigarettes entirely and switched to ICOS. That's 7 million smokers who have taken a decision to reduce their risk of tobacco-related disease. 7 million smokers whose friends and family can feel better about the fact that despite the fact that they're still using nicotine, they've made a better choice for themselves and their family. And thousands more are changing every day. And that's progress. That's a step to unsmoke the world. And in fact, in Canada, we've set our target date. By 2035, we want to unsmoke Canada. We want to have a smoke-free future. So what does that need? What needs to happen, in fact, for us to unsmoke Canada? Well, actually, it starts with a conversation, much like the one that I hope we're having here today. It's a conversation with our friends and family. It's a conversation with healthcare professionals, with other industry stakeholders, and with government regulators. Because we need healthcare professionals and regulators to take a common sense approach to these issues, to understand that smokers need access to better information about the alternatives that are available to them. Because the reality is that today there's a lot of confusion in the market. The restrictions that are in place uh, for these products, like ICOS, are virtually identical to the restrictions that are in place for cigarettes. And that's just wrong 
because we know all of the scientific evidence that shows that switching to ICOS is a better choice than smoking cigarettes. And so we also need you. We need you to believe that Canada should take a pragmatic approach to make better choices available to current adult smokers. It might not be perfect, but it's progress. Because let's face it, smokers and the people who love them don't need our judgment or our moralizing. They need our care, our compassion, our openness, and they deserve our help. Our message is simple. There are alternatives, and together we can unsmoke Canada. Thank you. As uh, mentioned earlier, he's uh, willing to take some questions. Uh, if you ha have any further questions, just raise them in the air and we'll have somebody collect them up. Uh, but some were brought to me already. Uh, Rothman's Benson Hedges has been in Canada for a long time. Why now? It comes down to having the technology available to us. Actually, a lot of these ideas have been floating around for decades even. It's only now that we've finally developed products that not only are reduced risk, but also are accepted by adult smokers. Because at the end of the day, if you have a product that is perfectly risk-free, but no one switches from cigarettes, it's not going to have the benefit to public health. So it's really only been in the last few years that the technology has gotten to the point where it's interesting. Thank you. Okay, what is the biggest hurdle to getting to smoke-free by 2035? Really, it's having uh, people like regulators, so Health Canada in particular, um, provincial governments, uh, healthcare professionals, understand that smoke-free alternatives like ICOS should be part of the solution. And if we do it in a responsible way, if we focus on educating adult smokers in terms of what their options are, then it will be much more impactful. Because the problem today, Michael, is that everyone knows what cigarettes are. Everyone knows where you can buy them. Everyone knows what they do. Uh, but they don't necessarily understand the alternatives. And importantly, understand the science between the alternatives and what the differences are. Because you have you know, a lot of different options out there. You have a lot of vaping products. You have uh, heated tobacco products like our ICOs. And I would almost guarantee that the number of people who actually understand the science and the difference between those two products um, is pretty limited today. Thank you. Okay, another one. How do you expect to shift the mentality of the regular smoker? Uh, education question mark. This is something that will clearly take time, uh, and I think we, we all understand that. But the more that we can get out, explain our vision, uh, the more that we can have those conversations and actually answer the tough questions, I think the more that we can have an impact and slowly get people to understand what we're trying to do. 
there's another question here, but I, I, I have one too, and I like mine better. So okay. I'll sort of throw that in. <laughs> Feel free. So I, I know a lot of the laws in Canada are with respect to where you could smoke, have to do with uh, isolating people from smoke, patios, uh, outside umbrellas, things like that. Uh, so now you have a product that doesn't smoke. Does that um, do the laws have to keep up, or are those laws irrelevant? And uh, because there is no smoke. Well, from a from a health perspective, um, because there is no smoke, the laws should largely be irrelevant. There's also the the component, though, of just being you know polite to people around you and respectful. So there's some areas where. You know, let's say on an airplane, I think it would be reasonable to continue to restrict all forms of anything that's in the air on a closed space like that. Uh, but when you get into places like public parks, uh, I think that we should be looking at fewer restrictions on things like vaping or heated tobacco, where we know you don't have the same impact on the others around you from a health perspective. Good, good. Okay, and here's the uh, question that I had bumped. Uh, can you please comment on vaping and youth in Canada? How does Unsmoke address this issue? I think we're, you know, I tried to be extremely clear. We want to make sure that the right restrictions are in place so that youth do not get a hold of any of these products. It comes down to, you know, how they're available, the strictness of the age verification, frankly, some of the, the flavors that are used and how we can ensure that we're really targeting adult smokers. And it goes to how you're communicating, it goes to where you're communicating, and it goes to the messages that you're using and the products that are being sold. Because vaping is something that is um, a very viable alternative for, uh, for adult smokers. And I think we need to recognize that and not overreact on the one hand. Uh, on the other hand, um, there definitely needs to be a balance there to make sure that it doesn't fall into the hands of the wrong people. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Peter. And now I'm pleased to introduce my table mate and my new friend, Peter Kerr from Sobeys. So it's certainly my honor here to, uh, to thank you, Michael, and, and you as well, Peter, for speaking to us today and educating us on, uh, on the plan going forward. And as I was listening to your speech, I was particularly struck by the similarities between what is happening in your industry, driven by the transformation that your company has undertaken, and the disruption that we have seen in other industries with companies like Uber, Airbnb and Amazon. Challenging the status quo and challenging ourselves to do better can lead to innovative new opportunities. And I'm heartened to hear the strides that you're making as an industry leader, and I'm excited to see and learn more about the future that you envision for your organization. Thank you very much for speaking to us today, and thank you to the Empire Club of Canada for organizing this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Okay. okay. Very quickly, we look forward to seeing you at some of our upcoming events. On June 10th, there's CBC's Power and Politics panel. 
which is featuring Vashi Capellos. On June 13th, the rise of white nationalism in Canada. Also on June 13th, in the evening, Women Who Build, featuring the Honorable Mary Ning. And I declare this meeting adjourned. Thank you.